Gina Della from Pella. And let me tell you, 555 is back. Get up to five years no interest, five months no first payment, and 5% same-day order savings at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. See PellaWI.com. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Mobile Studio at Summerfest, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. And now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you with us. This is the final Friday of Summerfest, day eight of its nine-day run. As I was saying earlier, this is, of course, a Chamber of Commerce day. The weather is absolutely perfect. Lots of people already coming down and enjoying it. So you got one, two more chances, actually. Tomorrow, by the way, it's free admission from noon until 7. And for the first, I think it was 30,000 people that come in, get free admission. They'll also give you a free ticket to next year's Summerfest. So th- this one has been a, a challenging one for all the organizers and i think they deserve credit for just making this happen given all the different issues that they've been presented with and as of course i think as everybody knows next year they're going to be using this format the three weekends thursday through saturday but they're going to be returning back to the more traditional summer fest dates late june into early july well we've got a lot of ground to cover on today's program i, I did want to comment i was listening to the news and of course they were talking about the packers who play monday night against the detroit lions the packers are 11 point favorites now this is one of these examples where just gambling is bad because i i have no idea if i was sitting in las vegas and i had money that could money that just i just want to burn it get it on my pocket there's no way that i i would get on this game just because i i have no really no clue at all what could happen especially after the packers got drubbed as badly as they did against new orleans last week this could easily i could make a very strong case and i'm sure they do that on some of the sports shows really strong case where the packers just had a really bad day and they're come out and the Lions aren't that good and you could make a case for the Packers winning by 35 points you could make that case on the other hand there's always that issue of okay was was what happened last week in New Orleans was it a one-off or are there some real fundamental problems with the Packers and this again I, I think this game could go either way wouldn't be surprised if they win by 35 wouldn't be surprised necessarily if they turn in another dud don't know no way in the world I would be betting this game because, as we frequently say, gambling is bad. All right, I want to start off with a question about the, the cancel culture and how something should be handled. Now, in the, I want to say, starting in the mid-1980s, you had the emergence of what they call rap music. Matter of fact, there's a lot of rap artists that have been performing over the course of the last few weeks at, at Summerfest. Some are very, very popular, but the, the rap music, Really, it kind of started on the West Coast, and then you had the East Coast rappers, and then it became popular all over. And you you had this very sort of aggressive urban type of stuff. A lot of rap music, not all rap music, but a lot of rap music, particularly in the beginning, if you look back at some of the groups like the NWA and things like that, a lot of it was was very anti-police. Um, much of the stuff that you would hear would be very misogynistic. That is very, very anti-woman. Um, a number of the raps that used to be out there would be very, very homophobic. Um, I think that you can point to some rap artists and some of their songs and say there's elements of this that are racist. Not, not all of it. 
But, you know, it's obviously, it's a very, very controversial thing, pushes the boundaries, and there's a lot of stuff to be, for I think reasonable people, to be offended by a lot of the lyrics that you find in rap songs. Well, I, I think what we've kind of decided over the years as, as rap has emerged is, look, you know, it's not for everybody, and you don't have a right not to be offended. You have a right not to be forced to listen to something. You have a right to, if you hear something on the radio, you have a right to turn the dial to change to a different channel, or you have a right to turn the show off, but you don't have a right to, oh, I'm just offended, this is terrible. You, you know, there, there's no right to not be offended um, with regard to that. And I think a lot of people have defended rap music appropriately over the years as being a, a form of art, and I have, I'm have i using that in, in air quotation marks, but that's fine, and more importantly, a form of free speech. You know, that this is, if some people find this entertaining, fine, that, that's great. And if you don't, if it's not your cup of tea, if it's not your thing, then don't go to the shows and, and don't listen. And that's sort of the accommodation that we've had, and it's been the justification for not condemning and not banning performers who come out with, like, anti-police or anti-women or homophobic or arguably racist elements. That's been the justification. This is art, you know, so just live with it. And if you don't like it, fine, just don't listen. Which brings me to the story of a rapper named Jonathan Kirk. Now, you might not know that name, but he goes by the stage name of DaBaby, D-A-B-A-B-Y. And um, he's had, he up until this summer, I think was arguably one of hip-hop's biggest stars, um, depending on how you want to measure this. Well, again, and, and he, he's a hip-hop artist. He's, he's a rapper. He pushes all sorts of boundaries. Well, what happened is, in July, he's at a, a music festival in Miami, and he goes on this rant that I think... Um, could fairly be described as extremely homophobic. Um, you know, he says, if you didn't show up today with HIV, AIDS, or any of them deadly sexually transmitted diseases that will make you die in two to three weeks, then wave your phone. And, and, and he goes on to make remarks that minimize, you know, AIDS and, and HIV. And he goes on to make other statements that are extremely, I, I think, homophobic. All right, that, that, that's what he does. Well, after this gets out there in public, you know, he's called to account by the um, LGBTQ community. Oh, this is terrible. He's doing these stuff. And then he issues kind of a eh, kind of a half-butt apology for this. And then, you know, kind of retracts the apology and essentially says that, you know, people need to get a life. I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that's it. He, he is really unapologetic about this. Well, as a result of his remarks, and you get, he gets, again, great, great criticism by a lot of other artists for saying this. You know, how can you mock AIDS? How can you do this type of stuff? And so what happens is he is canceled. There are a number of uh, concert gigs that he had lined up, a lot of shows that he was supposed to be booked for, that, that he, he loses the gigs. And they, they pull out, say, okay, you're not invited here, you're not invited there. Long list of, of shows that he misses. As a matter of fact, he has not done a live show since all this stuff in July happened. Well, that is going to change because on November 27th, he is booked 
for a show at the Miller High Life Theater. For those of you who don't know, the Miller High Life Theater used to be the Milwaukee Theater, and before that, it was the old Milwaukee Auditorium. So, you know, right around the corner from the UW Panther Arena, right down the street from Major Goolsby's, you know, that, that's where the Milwaukee Theater is. He has been booked for a show on November 27th. And like I say, this will be the first show that he has done since this, um, since th- this whole flap occurred. Well, all right, now that he, he's there for the show, you have an, a number of people in Milwaukee who are outraged that he is going to be performing. For example, there was a story on Channel 12 the other night that you know quoted Milwaukee's LGBT History Project curator as saying, in a city that welcomes 50,000 people to a four-day Pride event every year, these are the type of things that people hear from bullies. These are the type of words people hear from harassers. For Milwaukee to be seen as a city that welcomes homophobia is a terrible thing. And he says, I'm shocked that, that this guy has been booked. For its part, the Milwaukee Theater says, look, our our venues are open and they're available for rent by any client, you know, representing all points of view. In other words, we don't censor people based on on the content. And you had this promoter and booker that booked the show, and and yeah, we, we, we took the money. Okay, our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Okay, here you have a guy that clearly... You know, he said some very, very, I think what most people would agree, were very, very offensive things. But he's an artist. At least he claims to be an artist. He's a member of the hip-hop generation. You know, he he does these raps and stuff like that. And, yes, this rap and this conduct was very, very offensive. Should he be canceled? Should he be allowed to perform in Milwaukee at the Milwaukee Theater on November 27th? Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in just a minute. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Hey, girl, how you doing? My name is Charlie. This is Charlie Wilson. He is performing at 9.30 this evening at the BMO Harris Pavilion down here at Summerfest today and tomorrow. And that's it for Summerfest 2021. The WTMJ team is broadcasting live from Summerfest throughout the festival. When our team isn't on the air or hanging out with fans, they're grabbing a bite at Major Goolsby's, located near the Briggs and Stratton Big Backyard or at Major Goolsby's downtown, dangerously close to the Deer District. WTMJ and Major Goolsby's come see us at the world's largest music festival. Like I say, speaking of Major Goolsby's, the downtown location right across the corner, essentially, from the Milwaukee, now they call it the Miller High Life Theater, November 27th, this rapper named DaBaby is going to be performing. This will be his first live performance, my understanding is, since July when he went off on one of these raps that mocked AIDS and things like that, and he's pretty much been canceled um, from a number of different festivals and performances. This will be his first one since July, and there are people who are very, very upset that he has been booked in this. 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, is what is the response? How do we handle something like this? And from my perspective, and I'll share some of the text before we go to the calls in just a minute, from my perspective, see, this is, this is where the cancel culture goes wrong. It is completely and totally appropriate to be offended by what this guy says, all right? But this idea that 
we're not going to allow him to perform. We don't think the venue should book him. To me, that is an incredible overreach, and it's wrong. If you're offended by what he said, and I certainly understand that, right? There's a lot of the hip-hop culture, and there's a lot of the stuff, the elements of rap music, that I think reasonable people could be offended by. All right, that's all well and good. Well, the answer is, don't go. The answer is don't buy tickets to the show. I guess if you feel like you want to go out and you want to protest outside the venue, all right, you know, as as long as you're doing it legally and you're doing it peacefully, that's fine as well. But individuals, I think, have a right to make that decision for themselves. And the idea that, all right, suddenly outside groups should tell, for example, in this case, you know, a concert venue, you should not book this guy. Number one, that's wrong. Number two, that's a form of bullying in and of itself. And number three, I mean, you're, you're certainly like leaving the venue up for all sorts of legal action if it decides, well, okay, we're, we're not going to book this particular performer. The answer to this, at least the way I see it, is, look, If you don't like the guy, if you're offended by what he said, understand it, respect that, and then just just don't go to the show. And if enough people make that decision that they're not going to go to the show, well, what happens is is the concert's going to get canceled on on its own, or or he won't be booked there again. I mean, there are consequences for you know behavior. There's consequences when people say stuff like this. And, and but the, the public, it seems to me, is what holds people accountable. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, Jeff. I disagree with what he says. I don't have to go to his concert, though, or purchase his music. I think he is entitled to his opinion, and he is free to speak it. You see, I I agree with that as well. Uh, Jeff, the show should be canceled. Here's another text. What if the shoe were on the other foot and a white artist said something about race or something else? Um, I think what he said was just disrespectful. Well, okay, see, I'm trying to view this as a, in a colorblind sort of sense. Remember, not that long ago, there was the, the rising country music star whose name is escaping me right at the moment who was you know coming home late at night and somebody caught him on video using a a, using an offensive word with regard to you know one of the people in in his group and there was this huge backlash and his record label canceled him and things like that and again i thought that from the perspective of, look, if the record label figures they have to do it because he's been too volatile or something like that, that that's fine. But this idea that venues, he is no longer able to perform because somebody did something that's offensive, I think that that's going too far. I think you have every right to express your outrage at the baby, But the to ban him, to cancel him, to say that a venue shouldn't be allowed to... Uh, rent to a promoter. Now, again, I understand the guy's very controversial. You had this similar thing sort of come out out in Madison a few months ago. You remember the controversial comedian Louis C.K., who, in his case, it wasn't necessarily offensive things that he said, but it came out that over the years he had been involved in doing some really inappropriate things in in front of women and things of the like. And, And so he'd lost all these bookings. Well, this comedy club in Madison, he's back out on the road. They booked him. I think he filled the place for three or four days. There was outrage in Madison that they would book him. But again, this is a matter of individual choice. 
If you decide, you know, you want to support it, you want to go and you want to see the show, I think you should have a right to do that. And the idea that, you know, in our society nowadays, we're going to decide who can perform in private venues and not, that to me is the scary thing. Because who is it that at the end of the day gets to make those decisions? I understand why people would be offended. I certainly understand why people wouldn't spend their money to go see the show. But I think you let him perform. And you let the free market take care of it because that's almost always going to balance things out. But it's interesting to me how the pendulum has swung over all these years because when when you first started seeing the the hip-hop music and, uh, again, the, the gangster rap and stuff like that, a lot of people were being told, well, how dare you tell tell these performers, these artists, how dare you tell them to shut up? How dare you tell them that, you know, you don't think that they should be out there performing their anti-police stuff and all the other things? We were told, no, this is art. you got to let it go. But now in 2021, the pendulum has completely swung, and now it's like, okay, well, you've done some things that are offensive, understandably offensive, to this particular group, so we're going to cancel you and not let you perform. Amazing to me how things have changed over the last few decades. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTM. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Once again, we are broadcasting live from Summerfest today and tomorrow, and that's it until 2022. This is Charlie Wilson performing 930 this evening at the uh, BMO Harris Pavilion down here at the lakefront. Just just one final text on what we were talking about, that this rapper and the who's going to be performing in Milwaukee, and you've got members of the gay community who are saying, look, we, we don't think he should be performing. This is embarrassing. Here's a text that says, Jeff, what's the difference if it's canceled due to pressure or canceled due to lack of sales? To which I would respond, it's a huge difference. It's one thing if people decide collectively they don't want to see him, so they don't want to spend their money, they don't want to end up buying tickets, so there's no interest in this. Okay, that's one thing. It's another thing if you have outside groups that decide, we think this guy is so offensive that other people who otherwise want to see him shouldn't be able to do it. So I think there's a huge difference between the two. If he doesn't sell tickets because people are offended by this and they want to stay away, then it's a free market thing. If you just cave into the pressure from some of these outside groups, then they're taking the right of people who might want to see him. And look, I no, no way I'm going to the show one way or the other. It's just not on my agenda. But I think if there's people that want to see him and they want to pay money, they should have the right to do that. Big difference. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I came in like a Welcome back. We are broadcasting live from Summerfest. That is, of course, Little Meyer Lee Cyrus, who is performing tonight at the American Family Insurance Amphitheater. Seems like she's been around for... Miley Cyrus is 28 years old. I just, I just remember when she made it big in the beginning, and she's got lots of staying power and stuff, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people at the Miley Cyrus show this evening. Hey, this week's sponsor for the Jeff Wagner Home Improvement Showcase, presented by Great Midwest Bank, are senior realtors Bruce and Jean Nemovitz. Do not miss their free webinar. I will be participating. It's coming up next Tuesday. 
Tuesday, September 21st at 10 a.m. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later on. But to register, it's free, head to brucesteam.com. Register for the free webinar with senior realty specialists Bruce and Jean Nemovitz. And uh, hope to talk to you next Tuesday morning. More about that coming up in just a little bit. All right. What do we say in the tease? Oh, yeah. You can't fix stupid. <laughs> and, and and yet, yet people continue to demonstrate that, you know, they, they are going to behave in a stupid fashion. Now, over the last couple of years, there have been these various challenges, and I'm saying that again with air quotation marks, challenges that, that have arisen on on the Internet, whether it's like TikTok or, you know, whether it's Instagram or whatever. The, the, the one that probably got the most attention was a few years ago, you had that ice bucket challenge where somebody would, like, take the cold water and douse it all over themselves, and then they challenge other people to do it. And I think they were trying to raise money for some charity or something like that. Well, well since then, you've had a number of other sort of challenges, stuff that have gone viral. You had the one, it was about a year ago, where the, the kids, we're, we're challenging each other to eat Tide Pods, you know, the, the stuff, the, the things that you you put into wash clothes. Oh, I get it. Let me take one of these Tide Pods and eat it. What could possibly go wrong with that? Earlier this year, you had the milk crate challenge or something like that, where people would stack up like empty you know, crates, empty crates of milk, and then they'd climb on them, and then they'd video themselves as they fall off them because, you know, milk crates really aren't supposed to be climbed on. And so, oh, this, this is great. Here, I'm going to climb up on this thing, and boom, now I'm going to be in the emergency room. All right. So th- that's been the bottom line of, of this. And you, you have people that just do dumb things. And I'm sorry. Eating a Tide Pod, eating laundry soap is incredibly not only dangerous, but it's just flat out stupid. And climbing, trying to climb like empty, you know, milk cartons to see how far far you can get and then filming yourself when you fall, that is incredibly stupid. So this brings us to the latest challenge, which is making its way across the country and into some communities, including the high school at Sussex Hamilton around our area. It's called the Devious Lick Challenge. Now, you, you might ask, what, what is, what is a, a devious lick? What, what exactly do, do, do people have to you know, lick things or whatever? No, here, here's the deal. According to the Urban Dictionary, and this is more information than you probably need, a lick is a successful theft of something that turns out to be an acceptable, impressive, and rewarding payday. Okay, so the the idea is uh, a lick is going out and stealing something. That's that's the term. So it's it's like stealing. So these are devious licks, and what this is, and it goes back for about a week or two, um, kids that are encouraged to go and steal stuff from their schools. So, um, uh, for example, a, a lot of the things that are being stolen, uh, school supplies. It all started with somebody who went in, and apparently in their high school, there were a bunch of, you know, they had a box of masks that that people could wear. Well, the person stole the masks and then, you know, took a picture of them. Hey, I've stolen these masks. And so then the challenge went out, what can, can you steal? And so... Now what's happening is you've got some of these kids that are deciding that this is going to be fun, and so they're out stealing stuff, particularly things from bathrooms, like 
we're going to steal the toilet paper out of the bathroom. Okay, wonderful. We're going to steal um, the soap from the bathroom. We're going to steal the paper towel dispensers from the bathroom. You, you get the idea. We're going to try to do this. And at some schools, they're taking now the position that, you know, we, we might, for example, I think it's Sussex Hamilton, they were telling the parents, you know, we might have to close these bathrooms because we've got people that are stealing this, this stuff. All right, our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Lines. Now, I understand and appreciate a good prank as well as the next person, maybe better than most. And so I guess the question always becomes with this, do, do you want to... Do you, you want to avoid overreacting to, to, to things? Because sometimes you've got these pranks that are just kind of the, these harmless sort of pranks, no big deal, and, and you don't want to go nuclear on, on something like this. So the question becomes, if this is now the trend, and you've got, for example, high school kids that are going in and they're stealing stuff out of, out of the boys' rooms, out of the girls' rooms, can we say that anymore, out of the men's and women's rooms, you know, whatever. They're, they're stealing the toilet paper. They're stealing the soap dispensers. They're stealing the, the paper towel holders and things like that because they want to be a devious lick. They, they want to then, you know, have their 10 minutes of fame or 15 minutes of fame for their devious lick. Is, is this a, I don't know, a harmless prank, or is this something that, candidly, is theft, and the schools need to crack down on. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. My answer to this is really clear. If you've got any kids in high schools or elementary schools or in middle schools that are going in and stealing stuff because they think it is clever, and you catch them, at a minimum... You, those kids, in my opinion, should be suspended from school. Boom. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. And depending on what the item is and the value of the item, I, I think in, in some cases, if it's of a certain dollar amount, I think the kids should be referred to the police. You cannot have, and I think local law enforcement should then you know, send the matter over to juvenile authorities. You can't be stealing stuff out of schools. And the idea that enough people might be doing this, that you've got to close down bathrooms, give me a break. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's catch the kids that are doing it. Let us punish them. And let's get back to normal. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Like I say, I appreciate a good prank as well as the next guy. Maybe better than most. This, stealing all the toilet paper out of a bathroom, stealing the soap dispenser, stealing the paper towel holders. That is not, at least in my opinion, a, a prank, and it needs to be treated as what it is, which is destruction of, of property, theft, you name it. 855-616-1620. Let's start with Mike on the northwest side. Mike, you're first. Good afternoon. Oh, hi. Good afternoon, Jeff. Uh, hi, Mike. Well, there are harmless pranks, and there are pranks that just go a little bit too far, and there are pranks that go criminal. And I think that ripping a urinal out of a bathroom wall is kind of like criminal activity. And should be fined heavily, and uh, it's it's just not a little prank. It should be treated as a criminal act. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. No, I'm I'm with you. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. One of our texters says, Monona Grove High School near Madison, an entire sink was stolen from the boys' bathroom. The bathroom is now closed. Yeah, that's that's not. I mean, look. Okay, maybe soaping a window, maybe that's a, a prank, and I don't want to say that's an endorsement of that, but, but maybe that, that's a prank. Stealing a sink 
out of a bathroom is criminal destruction of property. And, of course, now the next step, and I understand school officials, somebody has stolen the sink out. We're, clo- we're closing it. There was a report you know, on the newscast, whether it was at the top of the hour or Melissa's 1230 news, there, there's people that are, like, tearing urinals from the wall and stealing the urinals. Um, sorry, not a prank. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Jeff, this is not a prank. It's criminal. I pay school taxes like everyone else. I am not paying for things like this to happen. I agree. Back with more in just a minute. Don't go anywhere. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. That's Miley Cyrus, who's performing tonight at the uh, American Family Insurance Amphitheater down here at Summerfest. By the way, the big gig is, of course, here. WTMJ is your home for all things Summerfest. We bring you straight to the stage as we broadcast live every day from the Gruber Law Office's Sports Zone. It's the world's largest music festival and the biggest stick in the state, Wisconsin's radio station, News Radio WTMJ. Peg in Pewaukee. Peg, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. How are you? I'm well, thank you. What do you think? Good. You know, um, this is, there's no gray area here. This is definitely criminal. And just like everything else, I mean, like I said to your producer um, who took the call, it's the boys' room and the girls' room. And they're still kids. They have (laughs) to learn. There's consequences for something like this. You know, I mean, some of these kids um, are going to graduate and they're going to move on. They're going to do great things. Other kids are going to think, you know what, this is okay. And it just elevates to something else. I mean, I don't know. I'm old, so I just remember everything, good and bad, has consequences. And, um, yeah, it definitely, yeah. I mean, they got to come down hard, and those kids should, out of their own pockets, pay for something like that. It's the only way that you can nip something like that in the bud. That's ridiculous. There's other well, ways well, to absolutely. Your, your year. Right. Well, absolutely, and and this this is just sort of pure destruction that's out there. You know, it's interesting, Peg, because the other related thing is, you know, nowadays on social media, we're we're all about taking stuff off. You know, you you get suspended if you, I don't know, write something that people think is inappropriate or whatever, or or how dare you come out and be anti-vaccine or or whatever. Mm -hmm. You get yourself suspended. What 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 are what are these social media outlets doing, allowing people to to post stuff? of kids who are stealing urinals or sinks or, or whatever. You would think that, you know, if you can get yourself kicked off of social media for, uh, again, writing a, a, a post where you, you question, you know, a treatment for COVID, you'd think you'd also get right. taken off right away for putting on stealing a toilet out of a men's room or a boy's room or something. Well, no. yeah, Thank, I mean, for, one, yeah, yeah. one well, I real quick, one thing is an yeah. opinion. Right. I mean, if you put something on social media, I, I believe that if you take this or that, that, you know, that's an opinion. Um, right. Destruction is completely yeah. different. 
Right. I, mean, I, I don't know. It yeah. shouldn't be tolerated. I feel bad. I, I'm, I'm with you, Peg. Thank, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. You know, and it, it's interesting because I hear, again, the word prank that's thrown around. One of our texters makes a point, said, Jeff, um, in the news today, a 15-year-old girl stole her grandmother's car and while joyriding decided to bump a jogger at 50 miles an hour, killing him. This was described by the reporter writing the story as a prank gone bad. Give me a break. Yeah, I mean, that's that's it, right? This is, again, I... I we we can argue about you know what is what is a what is a true prank you know and we can have that discussion. Uh, soaping windows is, is that a prank? Is that going too far? TPing a, a house is that a prank? Is that going too far? Okay, we can have a discussion about that. But like again, stealing a car and trying to bump into people at fifty miles an hour that is not a prank. Going into a public lavatory and stealing. The, the soap dispenser, or stealing all the toilet paper, or pulling a urinal off the wall, or stealing a sink. I don't think any reasonable person could argue that that is a prank. And if, in fact, this is being billed as a prank, well, okay, what, what you need to do is you need to recognize that we, we have to get the message across that this is unacceptable. And for parents out there, you know, if you're getting these notifications, I hope this is one of those teachable moments where you sit your kids down and say, if you're even thinking of getting involved in this, do not, because there's going to be long-term consequences for it. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. And this is Jeff Wagner broadcasting live from Summerfest. This is Future Islands. They are performing at 6:45 this evening at the Johnson Controls World Sound Stage. All right, you know, I, I got a couple texts saying, "Jeff, I, I've never heard about this. Why? Why are we giving it any airtime? I and mean, this has got to be some obscure sort of thing. Why are we even talking about it? Well, it, it's not obscure. Here's a text to give you an idea. This is from Nick in Burlington. He says, "Jeff, we have a beautiful, brand new middle high middle." brand new middle school my eighth grader was talking with his friend last night about how the bathrooms were closed because mirrors were taken and soap dispensers were sliced spilling soap into the floor he said it was bad but also kind of funny i took him aside and made it very clear it was not funny but it was vandalism i think it's awful so this this is going on and and that's the reality And, and i think people need to know about it i think it is a fair question to say with all the crack Downs we have about all sorts of stuff on social media. Why? Why does this destruction sort of spread? Because I think you can make a strong argument that this is a lot more dangerous than some of the things get banned. But I end up digressing. A couple people were saying, "What? What exactly is this called? Is it a dangerous lift?" No, it, it's called a. It, it, it's the word is lick, L-I-C-K, devious lick. And again, this comes from the Urban Dictionary that defines a lick as a successful theft that turns out to be acceptable, impressive, and rewarding. Well, okay, I would make the argument that if you're pulling a mirror off the wall in an eighth-grade bathroom, or you're slicing soap dispensers, or you're stealing a sink, that that is not a theft that is either acceptable, impressive, or in any way, shape, and time, age rewarding. But that's just me. Back with lots more in just a couple minutes. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Mobile Studio at Summerfest, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. So very glad to have you with us. I have argued this in the past, that I believe it is possible to be pro-vaccine. 
I am pro-vaccine. I was vaccinated as soon as I became eligible for that. When I'm eligible for the booster shot, I'm going to get the booster shot. I, I actually had a mild case of COVID in November, and I got tested. I know I have antibodies as well, but I, I'm, I'm pro-vaccine. I, I have no problem with that. And I understand that in, for example, when we were in France last week, they to, to get into most buildings, you need to show proof either that you have been vaccinated or that you have a, a recent COVID test. As a matter of fact, in France, what they do is you go to this pharmacy, you get the, you, they do you the COVID test, and then 15 minutes later, assuming you've tested negative, you get this like QR code, which is then good for, I think, I don't know, 72 hours. I'm, I'm not sure. But if, if you are not vaccinated, you've got to go through this process. If you want to go out and go into places, you have to go through this process of getting tested a couple times a, a week. So that, that's just the way it works. So I am, I am pro-vaccine. At the same time, I still have problems with the vaccine mandates. That is telling people that they have to get vaccinated. And yet that's the way the trend is developing. Here's the latest example. The Wisconsin Center District. So this would be that the Milwaukee Theater, or now they call it the Miller Time Theater, where the rapper's going to play, and then the UW Panther Arena. Uh, so this, the UW Center District, they've just announced today that all employees of the Wisconsin Center District must be vaccinated for COVID-19 by November 19th, or the district will consider it their voluntary resignation. So in other words, they're, they're going to fire you. They're, they're calling it voluntary resignation because they think that might sound better if they get sued for unemployment or something like that. But you're, you're, you're fired if you don't get it. The um, district president said, The district informed all full and part-time staff members of the vaccine requirements this past Monday. Um, It is, of course, a a state agency. Um, What they also said is that this isn't this rule isn't just going to apply to employees full or part-time of the Wisconsin Center District, but we're also making the same requirement of our largest third-party contractors. So anybody who works in a district property for uh, Levy restaurants or uh, their security forces, they need to be vaccinated as well. So no exceptions. And, of course, this is a little bit unique because this isn't a health care area. You know, you, on the one hand, you can certainly, I think, make a compelling argument in the healthcare field, whether you're dealing with hospitals or assisted living facilities or nursing homes. You can understand, all right, you're, you're going to be dealing with a vulnerable population. This is a different story. Our number, 855-616-1620, that is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. So essentially, in order to be, I don't know, an, an usher, in order to be, I don't know, somebody that, that cleans the floors or the bathrooms, in order to be a maintenance worker at the Wisconsin Center District, you will have to be vaccinated by November 1st, or you will be fired slash treated as a voluntary resignation. All right, is this going too far? 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And now, of course, keep in mind, again, we're not talking about a healthcare setting. We're talking about... I don't know. I mean, somebody who, again, you're you're working, admittedly, it's a facility that's open to the public. How much contact you're going to have with the general public, don't know. 855-616-1620, that is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I have problems, even as somebody who's pro-vaccine, with these, you will lose your job unless you get vaccinated. Now, I think, for example, what Delta Airlines has done, 
I think that's that's the model. Delta Airlines has said, all right, here, here's the deal. If you are not vaccinated by a certain point in time, whether it's October 15th or November 1st or whatever it is, you know, first of all, um, you are going to be have to be subject to testing. I think it's like testing a couple times a week. Trust me, as somebody who got tested twice in the last you know ten days, that's not a particularly pleasant thing. I got tested once because before we went overseas, I wanted to make sure I didn't have it. Tested a second time uh, a week ago today because to get back in the country, you needed a negative test. So it's not necessarily a pleasant sort of thing. But I mean, I think Delta has every right to say, all right, look, if you want to work here and you're not vaccinated, we want you to get tested. The other thing Delta has done is they said, if you are not vaccinated, you're going to pay more for insurance. Delta has also said that if you are not vaccinated and you get sick with COVID, your your time off is going to be unpaid. Whereas if you come down with COVID after you've been vaccinated, if you're one of those breakthrough cases, what's going to happen is, is it's paid. So in other words, they are providing, they are making it financially difficult and they are making it as a practical matter they are making it difficult for people to to not be vaccinated you're going to have to get tested you're going to have to do all those things i believe that people should be vaccinated i i do i i wish i wish people i'd like to not have the conversation about like natural immunities and things like that because i firmly believe that for the overwhelming majority of people, if you do a risk-benefit analysis, it makes more sense to get vaccinated, that there's really very little risk in, uh, in, in choosing to get vaccinated unless you've got a legitimate medical reason for it. And it does help, help us get out of this pandemic. But at the same time, as a condition of your employment, as a matter of principle, you know, should employers be able to require that? Now, the answer is, I think, legally, probably, yeah. I think, ultimately, you know, for example, if they fire a bunch of people at the Wisconsin Center District for not doing this and they end up suing, my guess is the Wisconsin Center District is most likely going to win. Don't know for sure, but that would be my guess. But is it the right thing to do? 855-616-1620. We discuss in a moment. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. We are broadcasting live from Summerfest today and tomorrow, and that's it till 2022. This is Jake Owen. He's performing at 10 o'clock this evening at the U.S. Cellular Connection Stage. The hunt for Brew October is on as the crew closes in on another NL Central title. Mr. Baseball, Bob Euchre, calls Brewers Baseball right here on WTMJ. And if you live in southeast Wisconsin, you can also listen online, on your phone, and on Alexa. It's the hunt for Brew October, presented by Annex Wealth Management and sponsored by Boucher Automotive. Matter of fact, tonight, my lovely bride and I, we're, we're going to go see uh, the first game between the Cubs and the Brewers this evening. So very much looking forward to that. That is our Friday night, 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And, you know, the, the other thing that's related to this, if you're just tuning in, the Wisconsin Center District, which runs essentially the, the old Milwaukee Arena, they call it the UOW Panther Arena now, and the old Milwaukee Auditorium, which they now call the, the Miller High Life Theater, they have announced that all employees and all major contractors, people are going to have to be vaccinated or they will be considered to have voluntarily resigned. In other words, they're going to be fired by November 1st. All right, I think everybody should get vaccinated, but should people have to do this is this the best way to get people to comply especially when there will be employers 
who will clearly welcome people um, who are unvaccinated. I mean, it's not like all employers are requiring people to do this. 855-616-1620, Ralph in West Bend. Ralph, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Um, sure. I find this rather comical in, the, in that Republicans are the ones that made this an at-will employment state. And now we as Republicans are the ones that are making the biggest stake when employers decide that, hey, if you're not vaccinated, you can't come to work. You know, I think that's that that's really strange. And I really don't think it's going to do anything. If somebody's convicted and they don't want to get the vaccine, they certainly aren't going to do it just to keep their job. They're going to they're going to say good. And, and there's plenty. Yeah, of they're going to leave. So I don't think. Yeah, they're going to leave. Yeah, no, no, they're going to leave. Yeah, no, no, thanks to call, right, call, Ralph. I appreciate See, that. See, that's, that's the other reality. And I, I don't, I know I sound like a broken record on this, but that's the, it's the aspect of this entire story that, that nobody is talking about, which is you, you can put in all the vaccine mandates you want. That's why, candidly, I think it's more effective to do these things that say, okay, you're not going to lose your job, but you're going to have to get tested like every couple days or something like that. That, I think, is in many respects more effective because, I mean, I do agree with Ralph that for the people that are, for whatever reasons, dug in and decided they don't want to get a vaccination, I think there's going to be places where they can go. There's going to be, particularly for the, the folks that are towards the lower end of the economic scale, there, there's going to be jobs. And so what, what's the Wisconsin Center District going to do if all of a sudden they lose 30% of their employees? I mean, where are they going to replace them from? And, and that's the danger that you have with this, where you deal with it, whereas otherwise, if you've done something like Delta's doing, where you say we're going to impose all this testing and we're going to impose these insurance requirements, I think you, you end up wearing people down and you get Ultimately, people are going to throw up their hands and say, okay, we're, we're going to get vaccinated. I actually think, and I, I firmly believe this, I, I think putting in financial incentives to get vaccinated, putting in requirements that make it just so onerous. Now, God, I don't want to get something stuck up my nose two times a week to get tested for this. Fine, I'll get a shot. I think ultimately that's going to get more compliance than simply saying you're going to be fired because I think a lot of people are going to end up choosing to be fired. And again, this is... The, the the train wreck that is out there that nobody is talking about is given the fact that, say, let's take nursing homes, for example, given the fact that nursing homes right now, what was the number I had the other day? I think they say that right now they're, they're, they're operating nationwide at about 75% capacity. In other words, there's 25% vacancies right now. Also, the numbers are in nursing homes, about four, about 60% of the employees that are working are, are vaccinated. So you've got a huge staff shortage to begin with. Now you've got 40% of those who are still working who aren't vaccinated. Well, what's going to happen when October 15th or November 1st rolls around? And you still have a huge chunk of the people who simply decided we're not going to get vaccinated for whatever reason. Okay, you fire them. Well, who's going to take care of these jobs? What's going to happen? I read a text the other day from somebody whose daughter works in a nursing home and said they're already planning on closing down because they're not going to have enough people to deal with it. So they're going to have to close down and they're going to have to find other places for all the patients. I, I just look, I think. 
in a perfect world, we'd all go out, we'd, we'd get vaccinated. And that's why I, I always encourage people to do it. I also understand that there's a lot of folks who are who are dug in, and they've just decided that they're not going to do it, and they're not going to be forced into doing it. And if it ends up, they're threatened that they're going to be fired. Well, that's fine. They'll they'll go work somewhere else. That, that's just kind of the reality that's out there, which is why I think these mandatory vaccination rules are going to end up being counterproductive. I believe there's other ways that you can accomplish this, and there's ways that you can do it without forcing people to make a choice between getting vaccinated and losing their jobs right away. But that's not the approach we're having now. We're saying, like, you're going to have to do this, you're going to have to do it. We'll, we'll see how this all works out. But I think that whether it's October 15th or November 1st, you're you're not necessarily looking at light at the end of the vaccination tunnel. You're looking at a light that might be a train coming the other way. It's easier just to say you lose your job or you get vaccinated. I just believe that that might not be the most effective way to do what I think a lot of us believe is the right thing, which is to increase the number of people who are vaccinated. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. I might not end up in the Hall of Fame with a star on a sidewalk with my name. That is Jake Owen performing at 10 o'clock this evening at the U.S. Cellular Connection stage. We are broadcasting live from Summerfest today and tomorrow, and that's it till late June of 2022. The weather is going to be absolutely perfect, so come on down. And by the way, Summerfest is part of their Fan Appreciation Day tomorrow. It's free admission from noon until 7 o'clock. Free admission from noon until 7 o'clock. And I believe the number, first 30,000 people that get in free yes, tomorrow are also going to get a free ticket, one free ticket for Summerfest 2022. So how cool is that? And look, I, as I, look, I understand when the numbers are going to come out, my, my sense is attendance is, is going to be down this year. I mean, the crowds, especially during the day, seem to me to be lighter than you would typically have. There's lots of reasons for this, including you've got a September date. Kids are back in school. Teachers are back in school. People are, it's different to try to do something like this in September rather than June. I think Summerfest officials deserve a lot of credit for even pulling something like this off this year, because it would have been awful if we would have gone for two years without uh, the the world's largest music festival. So I I think they deserve a lot of credit for what they ended up doing. By the way, the school year is officially underway, and all kids deserve a safe space to reach age-appropriate milestones and overcome developmental challenges. Please join our very own WTMJ's Gene Miller all month to help raise money for Penfield Children's Center in Milwaukee. To learn more about how you can help, and about the mission of Penfield Children's Center, go to WTMJ.com. WTMJ Cares is sponsored by Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all. Okay, this is, there's a story out here. COVID has taken its toll, and that's one of the reasons why we say COVID sucks. And and a lot of restaurants have been closed, and some maybe these are restaurants that you've heard about or you've never been to. Latest story, the, the Pine Cone Restaurant, which is located... Into Forest, the, the Pine Cone Restaurant, and in another life, I used to have to regularly go back and forth between Milwaukee and Madison. And 
myself and, and a number of my friends, the meeting, our meeting place would be the Pinecone Restaurant, which was the restaurant and a gas station associated with that. And they also they had lots of great live ba- like, like bakery, fresh bakery they would have, and just a really great steak and egg deal with coffee and all. Used to love the Pinecone. Well, the Pinecone has announced that they have uh, they have now been closed. Uh, the lease was up. The owner decided to move on. There's a little bit of controversy because at least initially he blamed Tony Evers for the closing and then kind of backtracked that. Bottom line is the Pinecone. For all of us who've been going to the Pinecone for the last several decades, well, it's now closed. And um, just hate to see it go. Again, another one of these things from my misbegotten youth. Used to stop there all the time. Used to love the place. No more. Go figure. This is Jeff Wagner on WGMJ. This is Joyway performing at 4 o'clock this afternoon at the Miller Light Oasis here at Summerfest. Okay, let me clear something up because there are a couple pine cones and pine cone restaurants. There's one in Johnson Creek and there's one in DeForest. The one that is closing, as I said, is the one in DeForest. The one in Johnson Creek still open. So for fans of the pine cone in Johnson Creek, can still go there. Used to go there from time to time. Also used to go to the one in DeForest. But the one in DeForest is the one that is closing, which I'm pretty sure is what I said. But people are, which one is closing? How's that going on? I'm also glad to see that there's a number of other people besides myself who are fans of the Pinecone Restaurant. Okay. Speaking of closings, the um, Sears, at one point in time, the the motto of Sears, the slogan was Sears. It, it's where America shops. I can remember when we, my parents first moved to Wisconsin, first moved to the Milwaukee area a long time ago when I was a little boy. And the the big dominant the Sears stores were all over. There there was a dominant one that was um, on on North Avenue, like um, five stories, and that was the one that like had everything. But then you had Sears stores all over. You had a Sears store at at what at the time was Bayshore Shopping Center. Now it's Bayshore Town Center. Um, you had Sears stores that popped up at Northridge and at Southridge. There were Sears stores Brookfield Square. Um, you had. Sears stores were all over. I'm not sure if there was one at Mayfair or not, but there were Sears stores all over. It really was where uh, America shopped. At one point in time, Sears was the dominant, the, the dominant retailer and department store in the United States. Now, the Sears company really originated in in Chicago. And so the in Illinois was where like the Sears stores really kind of started and started to grow. One of the the very first Sears stores that was placed in in a mall was a Sears store that was in the Woodfield Mall in the, in the Chicago area. It was one of their initial anchor stores, and this it opened about fifty years ago. The story right now, and the Chicago Tribune has it, is that Sears is closing its Woodfield Mall store. This is the last Sears store in the state of Illinois, the last Sears store in the state of Illinois. And it really represents the, the end of an era. And this is, of course, the way you know Sears have been going. For example, um, January of 2016, so five years ago, there were about 1,672 Sears stores and or Kmart stores that were around. 
Now, that number dropped to 687 in 2018, and the number has done nothing but decline since then. They estimate that currently, across the country, um, there are 35 Sears stores that are still open, and that includes this Woodfield Mall Sears that's going to be closing, and they estimate that there's 22 Kmart stores. Think about that. 35 Sears stores and 22 Kmart stores are all that's left from this incredible brand that was so very, very dominant for decades in the American economy. Our number, 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What happened? And and I ask this because I I know that the times change and tastes change and that people's buying habits change, and you can never take for granted that just because something is popular one day, it means it's going to be popular the next day or or the next month. But especially for for some of our our younger listeners, you don't understand how dominant Sears was. I mean, Sears really was where America shops. And the big deal, I can remember when I was a kid, used to be when the Sears catalog came out and people would, you know, you'd order stuff through the catalog and then you'd go to the local Sears store and pick it up. It was a dominant department store. And it wasn't just a department store. You had all the hardware stuff and you had all the craftsman tools and things like that. And if you wanted appliances, you you went to Sears because they had the whole range of appliances. A lot of the Sears stores had the automotive centers that was attached. I mean, it really was kind of one-stop shopping, one-stop shopping all rolled into one giant building. You can go drop off your car, get the oil changed, get the tires changed, do whatever that needs to do. And then you can wander around and you can shop and you'd have the clothes and they had the toy departments and stuff. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What the heck happened? And, and you know, is it is it the Internet? Okay, you know, is it the demise of brick-and-mortar stores? You know, is it the growth of Amazon? Is it that Sears just didn't adapt to the times? Because there are in retailers that, that are still thriving. I mean, uh, Walmart, doing great. Uh, Costco, doing great. Target, doing great. And yet Sears is effectively, I mean, they're down to what was it, 35 stores across the country? And that number is actually probably high because they're, close, they're closing now one of their original flagship stores. 855-616-1620. What happened to Sears? We discuss in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. We are, of course, broadcasting live from Summerfest. This is Joy Wave performing at 4 o'clock this evening, this afternoon, at the Miller Lite Oasis. The 43rd Ryder Cup is coming to Whistling Straits next week. Starting tomorrow through Monday, the 60,000-square-foot Ryder Cup Shops Merchandise Pavilion will be open to the public from 9 in the morning to 6 p.m., no ticket necessary. Come out to Whistling Straits this weekend to pick up your official Ryder Cup merchandise. Beat the crowds and get your photo taken with the Ryder Cup trophy. Admission and parking is free. For more information, visit RyderCup.com and be sure to tune in to WTMJ all next week for in-depth Ryder Cup coverage presented by Delzer Lithograph. 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh, Sears down to, 
Well, less than 30 stores nationwide is how the numbers kind of work out. Uh, Kmart, even fewer. And if, if you remember, it wasn't really that long ago that Sears was one of the dominant retailers in the United States. And then co- together with Kmart, I mean, they, they had a huge niche. Uh, here's a text before we go to the calls. Jeff, it's the end of an era. Um, I used to work at Kmart 40 years ago when it was robust. Now I think there are 14 stores left. They lacked advertising. They lacked promotion. Yeah, we with Kmart in particular, I, I think Kmart, you know, they were competing against Target and Walmart, and they just got squeezed out. I, I think the general perception was that, that Target was in that, that sort of bargain category. Target was a slightly higher quality level of merchandise. That's just my impression. And and Walmart, just Walmart was this overwhelming. Walmart, you beat them on price. The, the Kmart stores, and, and maybe this isn't fair, it's just the Kmart stores that I would go into always seem to me to be kind of dingy and crowded and sort of dirty in comparison to those other stores. 855-616-1620. Let's start with Bob in Greenfield. Bob, you're first. What happened to Sears? Hey, Jeff. Uh, I, I'm right around your age, and um, I, I think the problem with Sears was is the, the uh, level of uh, merchandise they had. And I think when, as soon as I could get my own clothes or afford my own clothes, I'd be going to the specialty stores, you know, like The Gap or Different Circle. You know, I wasn't going to go to um, Sears to buy my um, clothes. And right. then you had the uh, the stereo stores that came in, the specialized stereo. Everybody had to have a special uh, stereo, big speakers. Um, And I I think Sears, you know, even though they had the catalog, which kind of was the forerunner of a non-brick-and-mortar, they lost uh, a lot of the kids whose parents took them there all the time, you know, and people wanted to go to the more specialty stores. Mm -hmm. And then I think also in, say, when they uh, started buying the Kmarts, they were going to go, and at that time, too, their merchandise had picked up. You know, I started seeing they had better televisions, better stereos. They were trying to compete. And then they put their lot in to buy Kmarts to invest in more brick-and-mortar right Right. when brick-and-mortar was starting to slow down. And I I think had Sears done Walmart, you know, where they were just going on Price Shopper, you know, they they could have survived. But I I think they were like an aircraft carrier trying to make a a quick left-hand turn. And I think they just um, they just lost it there. Yeah, thanks for calling. I, I I like your analogy. I mean, I, I think they were they were trying to figure out. I think Sears was trying to figure out what it was going to be as, as times were changing, and th- they made, in my opinion, a lot of like like bad choices. I think the the Kmart Sears merger that that was doomed to that was doomed to fail. And I understand. I mean, the department store, the traditional department store model. The, the, when I say department stores, it's what a lot of us grew up with. You know, where you had, I mean, you had all the Boston stores, for example, and, and you had J.C. Penney's, and you had all those different department stores. Well, it, good luck. You just don't find those sort of stores anymore. It's either, to your point, it's the specialty kind of shopping. Or it's the the really general stuff, the WalMarts, the Targets, the Costcos of the world, and and then of course you've got that the the overriding thing of, of the internet, where it's just so easy to to purchase stuff. You I I just the other day I needed a couple I wanted a couple shirts, and so I- instead of like getting in the car and driving somewhere and trying on the these shirts, I I, I 
I, I went to Land's End. That's where I bought a couple shirts from. I, I just I ordered a couple shirts from Land's End, and they're going to be delivered, I think, today or, or tomorrow. It was like free shipping or whatever. And if the shirts don't work, well, there's a Land's End not that far from where I live, and you know, we, we can take them back and return them. But the idea of like getting in the car and driving to that department store, it's just, it's just not something that people do anymore. Let's talk to John in Milwaukee. John, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, I think you kind of touched on it earlier with the Internet. I think that was a big problem, um, you know, with your Sears. I, that was probably your generation, Jeff, and I'm even younger. I'm in my 20s. But, you know, I've heard about the Marshall Fields. You know, it's been kind of going on for a while. Yeah. This has happened before. And I think it's a lot of resistance to technology. You know, when you're on top, when you're the king in your business and everybody's doing the catalog stuff, it's easy to look down and say, well, we don't got to worry about that. I mean, a, a lateral comparison would be maybe – Blockbuster, you know, when Netflix, when they probably oh. heard about them, oh, these guys are mailing out DVDs. Don't got to worry about them. So I think Sears kind of fell into that trap of, you know, when you're on top, yeah, you're more resistant to adapt. Well, what? Okay, well then, and I don't disagree with anything you said, but okay, what then explains the success of, of WalMarts, which are ubiquitous, or or Targets, or the Costcos? What have they been able to do that Sears wasn't able to do? I think it's already been said uh, the pricing uh, squeezes them out. Yeah. I think also advertising. I've, I've never seen, to my knowledge, a Sears or any kind of department right. store ad, but Walmart is every segment. Um, yeah. No. And I think, yeah. you know, you've already said it. It's been said. Got it. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. You know, it's interesting, and, and I, I, I like I like your analogy about Blockbuster, and we've talked about Blockbuster before. And if you are of a certain age, I understand your frame of reference is, what is this Blockbuster thing that you speak of? But it, it, it's a classic example of how you can have the, the world by the tail one day and how technology just changes. So it's, you think back with me, not that long ago, and it's before, like, the Internet really took off. I mean, there was these things called blockbuster videos. And, the, you know, they actually had these. For, first of all, it was the VHS tapes, or, or maybe even the beta tapes, but VHS tapes. People would flock to the blockbuster videos to rent tapes, to rent first-run movies. It was a license to print money, no question about it. And the same thing, you know, then then when you started getting the DVDs, they, they factored that in. But what happened is Blockbuster didn't keep up with the technology. And now you've got the Internet, you've got live streaming. You know, who needs to actually go out and, and buy a, a hard copy of a DVD anymore or, you know, back in the day, a, a VHS tape that you have to rewind? Don't need to do that. Blockbuster just never kept up with the technology. And the technology changed, and now nobody needs DVDs anymore. Now, Sears is a little bit different because people still need to go buy shirts and pants and washers and dryers and things of the like. They still need to have, you know, the tires, you know, new tires on their car and their oil changed and things like that. But Sears was never able to, I think, make that transition. They just, they got lost in the, we're going to be something for everybody, but we're not going to be able to develop the price points and things like that that the Walmarts and the not the Kmarts, but the Walmarts and the um, Costco's and things like that did. And, and that, that ended up, you know, hurting them. Here's a text, Jeff. People love new and modern. I work in the grocery industry, and we constantly are looking for the next best thing. We're constantly resetting the shelves with the latest and greatest. Like iPhones, there's basically all the same except for the price. I, I do think that there is that that challenge it's out there you you cannot become complacent you always have to figure out 
you know, what, what's the next trend going to be? Um, here's an interesting text. Jeff, I think there's a few things at hand. Number one, Sears was always kind of in the middle. They were not the higher-end clothes that you speak of, like, like maybe Land's End. They were not the least expensive, like Walmart. They were sort of caught in the middle with many products. And with so many of these stores, um, the Targets and the Walmarts have generally been lower cost. As far as tools, craftsman tools that they sold, I, I think in our throwaway society, people are, are fixing things less. People are working on cars less, etc. Now, I do think that's the example. They were Sears was kind of the vanilla sort of middle of the road kind of thing. They weren't the, the high end sort of stuff. They they sold suits, but if you wanted a higher end suit, that's not where you were going to to go. And at the same time, you know, they they priced themselves. They were more expensive than some of the things. I think they did kind of get caught in the middle. But let's understand the the other thing that, that's going on here that you just can't deny, and that that is the, the the rise of internet shopping. That's the that continues to be the challenge to brick and mortar stores, which is going to be how, how are you going to compete. When you've got the Amazons of the world, where somebody with just a couple clicks can order whatever they want, and it's going to be delivered in all likelihood free of charge, and it's going to be delivered you know, 24 hours after you order it or 48 hours after you order it. And as long as these Internet retailers can figure out a way to make the return process convenient, make it easy enough to return stuff if you get the shirt that doesn't fit or whatever, that that's always going to give them the advantage. I know, and we've talked about this before, there are some people, who, who absolutely love to go out and um, feel the thing. I, I don't want to buy the stuff unless they've got it. They don't want to buy the stuff unless they have you know actually can touch the thing or whatever. But for, I think, a lot of us, just the convenience of being able to go on your computer and order things, that. In any event... When you, when you hear or watch some of these movies where they talk about Sears is where America shops or their shows, and you see the Sears in the mall, that's not true anymore. And the best indicator is the first Sears store that went into a major mall in Illinois has now closed. Just amazing how times change. All right, we've got a lot of stuff coming up in the 2 o'clock hour. Do not go anywhere. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Mobile Studio at Summerfest, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. So glad to have you with us. This is, once again, this is my last hour of broadcasting from Summerfest 2021. During the break, I, I went outside. It's, it's warm down here at the lakefront. I mean, this is... This is classic Summerfest summer weather, so no reason not to come on down and enjoy it. I, I just, regardless of, of what the numbers of attendance are, I, I think Summerfest organizers deserve a lot of credit for pulling off the festival this year. Keep in mind, it was originally supposed to be back in June and July, and COVID kind of killed that. And I understand that there's lots of rules that have been put in place, and lots of things are off. But I, I give the organizers a lot of credit for for going through this, because I think it's important to start to get back to some sense of normalcy. Now, one of the controversies involving Fest 2021, and it's a controversy that you run into with a lot of different things as well, is the fact that, and, and we've explained it, and Don Smiley has explained it, for Summerfest, which is a music festival, a number of the, the bands put in requirements that the audience either be vaccinated 
or that the audience be tested for, for COVID. So they've got like these rapid test things. This is becoming more and more common. Story in the LA Times today, Universal Studios, Six Flags, all those places. Now, this is in California. There, there's going to be a rule that is put into place that before you can go to the Disneylands, before you can go to Universal Studios, before you can go to Six Flags, you will have to show proof that you have either been vaccinated or that you have had a, a COVID test that has come up negative within the last 72 hours. Now, I am uniquely familiar with this because... Um, that, that's when, when we were on our, our listener trip to France last week. That, that's pretty much how it is all throughout France. To, to fly, you have to be vaccinated. To fly overseas, you have to be vaccinated. You have to show proof of vaccination. To get into many attractions in France, and I want to say pretty much all the, the, the museums and things like that, the restaurants, you have to show that you you have to you had, you had to show your vaccination card or alternatively you used to you'd have to go to a, a pharmacy a drugstore in France and and have one of these tests that were done and then you got this QVC uh, this this QR code that where you're registered and it shows that you've been tested and that you're you're negative for covid and those passes i think are good for 72 hours but everywhere we went i mean i had I wasn't carrying my vaccination card, but what I had done is I had gone to my medical provider. I'm, it's no secret, I'm through Freighter, of course. And so I, I had, on, on Freighter, they had a listing of my, my vaccination record. And I had that, and I had my wife's, and whenever we'd be going to places, I'd pull them out and show them. But you had to prove that you were vaccinated to get into these places, or alternatively, you had to have proof of the, the that you'd been tested for COVID and within the last 72 hours, and you'd come back negative. And it was just kind of a, a matter of course, and that's what you had to do if you wanted to do the things that we were doing. Similarly, down here at Summerfest, it's the same deal. You have to prove that you were vaccinated to get into the grounds, or alternatively, you have to have proof that you've had one of those tests in the last 72 hours. And they have an on-site thing that, that, that if, you, if you want to come in, they have an on-site thing that you can go through the tests, and, and people are ending up doing it. I think this is going to be, at least for the short term, I think it's going to be the, the wave of, of the future. It just kind of is what it is if you want to go to places. And like I say, in Paris, in France, throughout, if, if you wanted to go in, this this was the rules. You just, you know, you, you could complain about it. You could object to it. But they weren't letting you into places unless you had it. So the choice was, if you wanted to go see the Palace at Versailles, well, you had to show proof that you were vaccinated. And if you didn't have that proof, you weren't getting in. All right, our number, 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm trying to figure out the best way to ask this question. Maybe it's just to say, I mean, how big a deal is this? Proving that you have been vaccinated or proving that you know you've had the test in the last 72 hours if you have to do that would that stop you from going to a particular venue if you had to do that to get into a restaurant would you not go to that restaurant now right now there's no requirement that you be vaccinated to go to the ball game at American Family Field they don't check but if you had tickets to the playoffs for example and you had to prove that you were vaccinated you know would you not go if that, that proof was required. Our number, 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Like I say, it was something, 
And it, for me, it was no big deal because I, I've been vaccinated. I, I've got that. And it was, I, I wouldn't even describe it as a minor inconvenience. They just, you stand in this line, you show it to them. Nothing was too onerous. I mean, it wasn't like you were getting extensive checks and things like that. You just showed the thing. And I'm sure maybe there's some way that people could beat the system. But in general, I think everybody was complying. And once you started doing it, it didn't become a big deal. Would this be a big deal if more places did it around here? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. You can be cool. You can be shy. Say what you want. Say what you like. This is the Struts. They are performing tonight at 10 p.m. at the Uline Warehouse right down here on Summerfest today and tomorrow. And that's it for Summerfest 2021, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, one of our texters raises this, this point about the vaccination cards and says, okay, what what point, what good does it do to show a vaccination card when you don't even have to prove it's it's yours? It could have been anybody. And... I guess there there is an element to that. Look, there's always this balancing that's there, and, and yes, it it's true. On on all the, when we were in France, I I showed the vaccination card. Nobody said, "Gee, gee, here we want to see your passport, and we want to compare the name on the passport to the vaccination card." It was just you you show it, and, and they let you in. And so, yes, it is technically true that if you wanted to beat this system. You could, I guess, come to me and say, gee, Jeff, one of my friends, I'm not vaccinated. I'm going down to this. Will you give me your card and let me use that? So there is a way, I guess, that you could beat the system. Um, That's a crime to do it. And there's always going to be ways to do it. My guess is that the number of people that are doing that, actually defrauding the system, are, are it's, it's almost nobody. I mean, I'm not going to say it's nobody. Maybe it's 2%, maybe it's 3%, maybe it's 5%. So no, the, the system isn't perfect. But I think the reality is what these venues are trying to do is balance out the fact that, okay, we, we want to get we want to make sure people are vaccinated um, or had the test versus the at the same time, we've got lines of people that we have to get through and we don't want it to be too onerous. And, and yes, there will be people who will be willing to commit crimes and who will be willing to do this. But um, bottom line is, I just don't think that there's that many people out there that are going to commit a crime and scam the system in that way. Uh, Here's a text. Uh, Jeff, I'm vaccinated, and I absolutely do not mind if any public place or event requires me to show proof. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people feel that way. Jeff, I don't think it's any big deal to show proof of immunization. Um, <laughs> uh, no way I can show my ID to vote. Well, that's the uh, that is the sort of interesting thing that's out there. We, you know, we. We have voter ID, and that's fine, but you shouldn't have to prove this. Uh, here's a text. Jeff, I don't think it's a big deal at all, um, and, and I think that's true. And then, then people raise the whole issue of, of like, antibodies and things like that. I, I, to me, there's a, a number of different issues, which is, do you need to get vaccinated? Should people get vaccinated? My answer is yes. What is the role of antibodies? Well, I think antibodies plays a role, but at the same time, my attitude has always been getting vaccinated doesn't hurt and demonstrating that you're vaccinated. I don't think that's a big deal as well. A couple people are texting and they're making references. And I always caution people against doing this. It's like, well, Jeff, this is like Nazi Germany. Show me your papers. And as I always caution, Republicans, Democrats, liberals, conservatives, references to the Holocaust, references to Nazi Germany, 
they almost always come up short because like the Nazi Germany was just a, a blot on mankind. The Holocaust was a blot on mankind. And I, I think trying to compare gee, you want to go to see a concert and they want to like see some proof that you've either been vaccinated or you, you have not tested positive for COVID. Comparing that to we want to see your papers in Nazi Germany, it's, it's a bad, bad, bad analogy. Here's a text, Jeff. I will not attend any event that requires uh, test results. Um, well, I think there's that, that element. Somebody else says, well, what about if we've had COVID, you've got antibodies and don't be vaccinated? Well, you can still go to the events. There's no question about that. But what happens is then you also have to go and have that, that quick test to show that you are, are not positive for COVID. And to me, I don't know about you, but I, I sticking stuff up my nose, that, that, that gets really old really fast and those sort of things. But yet that's the dynamic that's going on there. Okay, bottom line is this is it's the way of the future. And I know some people don't like it. And I know some people are making the decision to vote with their pocketbooks, their wallets, and simply not, not go. I'm not going to go to an event if I'm required to do this. And that's all well and good. I'm here to tell you, though, I think at least for the foreseeable future, you're going to be limiting your options as to what you can do. Because more and more of these venues, whether it's the music venues, um, I think in some cases it's some sporting venues, more and more of these venues who are saying if you want to come out, you want to participate, you're going to have to prove that you've either been vaccinated or that you've had a recent test and you've tested negative. And that's your choice as to whether you want to do it or not. But I guess I kind of look at this and say, you know, life is short. I mean, life is short. And if I want to go see a, a band or I want to go to a ball game and I've got an opportunity to do that and, and I want to do it, would I really not do it? Because I, I just absolutely refuse to prove that I've either been vaccinated or that I I'm, don't don't have COVID. And I guess that just wouldn't stop me from going out and enjoying all these other aspects of life. Hopefully, by this time next year, we are not having this conversation and we're past the whole thing with the pandemic. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. And this is the Struts, once again, performing at 10 o'clock this evening at the Uline Warehouse down here at Summerfest today and tomorrow, and that's it. it I, I, I got it during the break. I got a text, which I found was interesting. I said, Jeff, can you speak to the, uh, the possibility that vaccinated people might be entering these contests, but they could also be currently COVID positive? So in other words, we, we know that no vaccine is 100%. We know that. So there's always going to be the, the breakthrough cases. So I guess the question is, right, well, well, well what happens? Is, isn't it possible that somebody with COVID, even though they've been vaccinated, could, could come in to the thing? And the answer is, yes, it's possible. Is it likely no, it's not. And then given the fact, even if you've been, once you've been vaccinated, the chance that even if you're around somebody that has COVID, that you yourself are going to get sick, again, it's it's remote. It's not impossible. But yes, in a theoretical sort of sense, you could have somebody who's been vaccinated, who is asymptomatic, doesn't know that they have it, who comes in and has contact with somebody else who is vaccinated, who then catches. Is that a possibility? Yeah. But Let's face it, in, in today's world, it, it's all about what the, the odds are. And the odds of somebody who's vaccinated 
getting the breakthrough case, being asymptomatic, and then coming and exposing somebody else who is vaccinated, and then that person gets sick. Is it possible in a theoretical sense? Sure, it's possible. I mean, it, it could happen. But at the same time, life is all about balancing things. Nothing is 100% safe. I mean, that's just kind of the reality to this. So I think what these venues are trying to do is they're trying to minimize the risk as as best they can. Otherwise, you just close down and you say, we don't do anything. And I I think that's unacceptable for, for, for most of us that want to live our life and want to go back and do the things that we enjoy. I mean, I guess I would say if you're vaccinated and you're worried that you might be out in public and come into contact with somebody else who's vaccinated, who, you know, is asymptomatic and has COVID, well, then you should probably just kind of stay home. I I will say this on our our trip last week, I, I, I could not have felt more safe. I mean, we're to, to fly overseas, you have to be vaccinated. Uh, to get on the river boat, you have to be vaccinated. So our group was was people who had all been vaccinated. Now, again, is it possible that somebody could have been sick and asymptomatic? Yeah, I guess it, it's possible. But candidly, I, I thought from the perspective, if you're worried about getting sick, I, I, w- I was a pretty safe company. And as it turned out, I mean, nobody got COVID in, in France, and we all know that because... Like I say, a week ago today, in order to get back in the United States, everybody in the ship had to have the, these tests, and everybody ended up coming back negative. So it's really one of these sort of good environments that's out there. So I guess the, the bottom line of all this is, until we get through the pandemic, what we end up having to do is we have to like balance risks and things of, of the like. And I appreciate on principle that some people don't want to show their papers or don't want to prove that they're vaccinated or don't want to get the 72-hour test to go to events. And that's all well and good. That's your decision. But you got to recognize that that means that there's parts of life that you're going to probably would otherwise enjoy that you're not going to be able to participate in. All right. When we come back, we're going to find out what Eric Bilstadt has on his mind for Wisconsin's Afternoon News. This is Jeff Wagner broadcasting live from Summerfest 2021.